Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Dr. Michael Flaxman. Dr. Michael Flaxman is OmniSci's Spatial Data Science Practice Lead. At OmniSci, Dr. Flaxman's team is focused on the combination of geographic analysis with machine learning, or GOML. He has served on the faculties of MIT, Harvard, and the University of Oregon. Dr. Flaxman has participated in GIS projects in 17 countries. He has been a Fulbright Fellow and served as an advisor to the Inter-American Development Bank, the World Bank, and the National Science Foundation. Dr. Flaxman previously served as Industry Manager for Architecture, Engineering, and Construction at Esri, the world's largest developer of GIS technology. Dr. Flaxman received his Doctorate in Design from Harvard University in 2001 and holds a Master's in Community and Regional Planning from the University of Oregon and a bachelor's in biology from Reed College. Well, good afternoon, Mike. Welcome to the show. Great. Pleasure to be here. Awesome, Mike. I appreciate it. This is a, so exciting. Uh, we finally get to meet here in person, albeit a little bit virtually right on a Zoom call, but I'm really excited to hear your story and we're going to jump into this so we can get your story out to our audience. So, Mike, let's talk about your career. You've got that career in technology, data science, you're a serial entrepreneur, and now you're the spatial data science practice lead for OmniSci. Could you share with our audience the secret to your career growth and what inspires you? Sure, I'm happy to. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I was uh, confused about when I was young was I liked uh, both biology and computer science. And I thought of that as a problem for the longest time. Uh, and alternated back and forth between them, and then eventually realized that there were a whole bunch of interesting things to be done in that intersection. And um, so I've, I've always told people since that, you know, the career I've had, things I do, weren't invented when I started. And uh, the traditional academic disciplines, um, you know, didn't cover that territory. Uh, so I, 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 I encourage people to have a kind of technical expertise and also domain expertise and to follow their passion on both. But uh, that's what I've always done. And it's, it's served me really well. That's awesome. Kind of, you're at that cross section, right? And, and you're right. Traditionally, you're looking back, you probably wouldn't think those two would kind of align or, or work together, but there's actually a ton of use cases for that. So definitely appreciate the share on that. So Mike, let's talk about this pandemic starting to lift. Hopefully we'll go back to some sort of normalcy and, we know how to take these on going forward, but what are your plans for business growth going forward this year? And will it be any different than the last 15 months? Sure. Um, I think we're um, like a lot of businesses, we had some ability to go virtual and some things that were best done in person. And we've, we've kind of critically reevaluated all of those. Um, and it's, it's changed the company. Uh, in large part for in a, in a good way. So we have a lot more uh, breadth in our team. We've hired around the world in particular places um, actually to cover all time zones, um, but also to, to, uh, to leverage expertise that's only available in particular places. And uh, so that's really helped the company. Um, and as we move forward, um, I can see us, you know, continuing to operate in that mode it's roughly, you know, uh, I think of it as split in thirds. So we've got a, a third of the company that wants to go into the office and does. Uh, we've got a, a third that comes in, you know, occasionally as needed. 
and we've got a third that that appreciate being way out in the woods in some beautiful place um, and do almost everything virtually. And we seem to be able to accommodate all three of those uh, with with no no harm to the business, and in fact some some major business benefits. So to us now, you know, that was forced on us like like everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that we're in the new normal, I, I can see you know being much more deliberate about when we meet and where we meet and why we meet in person. Um, and for us, a lot of our, you know, critical engagements in person involve customer contact, uh, kind of meeting the customers where they live and seeing how they work and getting the informal conversations that you get um, in those kind of contexts. Um, but our development staff, for instance, um, you know, there's partic- no particular need for our development meetings to be in San Francisco. <laughs> they could these days just as equally be in, in Vancouver, BC, for instance, where we have a big development presence. Um, and so, you know, I, I think we're, we're shifting. It's not an entirely new thing. We've always done client visits. We've always done conferences. We've always done offsite meetings. Um, but we're, we're adapting, I think, like a lot of uh, software companies to that, that new environment. And then from our customer's point of view and relative to our business, you know, we, we're, we're obviously big believers in the, in the power of, of analytics, and we do apply that uh, in-house as well. So we, we dog food stuff and test stuff ourselves on ourselves. And um, a lot of the, you know, internal uh, surveys are indicating that, you know, part of the reason people like to work for us is this, uh, this flexibility that we offer. And uh, that that includes the flexibility to come and work in the office, right? So it's it's not just mm-hmm. flexibility for out working remotely. But um, we're we're looking forward to a strong new year. We've we've made it through the pandemic, uh, I think, very well. Basically, we we uh, our churn rate was much lower than we expected, um, and very good for the industry. Uh, so our customers made it through as well, and and continued to see value in our product. Um, obviously we think as, as things get you know closer to back to normal, that will benefit us, um, from our customer's business decision and confidence point of view. Um, but the product we make helps people be more adaptive. And so I, I think we did well in the pandemic because we allowed people to, for instance, use our tool to see, uh, how customer traffic had changed, uh, during the pandemic. And to you know be able to kind of directly observe and adapt to change, so I, I think that that's going to continue, and uh, we're optimistic for this this year coming because the business uncertainty has been resolved, but the tools are still valuable. Basically, absolutely, I appreciate the share on that, and certainly everybody had to make that major pivot to uh, adapt to the new normal, to adapt to the challenges, uh, and I think everybody did well, and that was the silver lining. Of course, uh, some service industry businesses in hospitality were devastated, of course, as you know. But but anyway, moving forward, Mike, um, you're obviously leveraging some new and emerging technologies within your tech stack. Is there anything you might be able to share with us today? Sure. So we're, we're most famous for GPU technology or graphics processing unit. Mm-hmm. And so our, our founder's original idea basically was to rewrite uh, database technology on top of GPUs. 
And um, so that was kind of a ground up rewrite of database technology. Um, and so we've, we've sailed that boat for quite, quite a while and we will continue to. Um, but there, there have been some challenges with GPUs and there still are. And you know, one of them is actually they're too popular. So Bitcoin miners love them too. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so sometimes, for instance, uh, if you go to Amazon and try and turn on a GPU machine, you can't get it because uh, they're, they're literally out of supply or you try and buy a graphics card and you can't get it or it gets backordered. Um, so what we've done is to um, add a lot of CPU compute capability within our product and to expose it more. And so um, essentially we're able to, to leverage a much wider range of hardware. And this year we're, we're kind of on, on course to basically be feature complete on both, both sides. So if you, if you install us on a laptop or some machine without a graphics card, you know, we will do as well as is physically possible to do on that machine. If the machine has a GPU, we'll use it, of course. If you're connected to a server that has a 100 GPUs, we'll happily use those. Uh, so we're, we're doubling down on this kind of platform flexibility. Um, and you'll see some announcements from us over the course of this year in terms of cloud strategy. But, but fair to say there's been improvement in the ability also to share GPUs in the cloud. So to um, basically do with GPUs as people have been doing with CPUs for a while now and just rent one for a minute. And when you're done, hand it to the next person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's been only possible in bigger lumps up until now, but in this in this next year, we'll see those restrictions going away. And so that'll, that'll allow us to be much more scalable and responsive and cover then some use cases where the use is very surgy. Um, you want a lot of compute power, but only for two minutes. Great, just pay for it for two minutes. Don't, don't pay for a server that's sitting around all year. Um, and so that's, that's, I think one of the major, uh, changes. The, the second one near, near to my heart, since I'm a geo guy is, uh, that we'll be adding geo enrichment features throughout the prod, uh, product. And so geo enrichment is the idea that you, you take some data set that has spatial coordinates on it. Um, and you're able to impute a number of other things based on, uh, related spatial data. So for instance, it might be just a blind GPS point, uh, but it lives within a census block, within a zip code, within a state, within a country. And we can infer all of those and the relationships around them based purely on the, the geographic coordinate. So we, we have that capability today on the back end of our product, uh, but we've got a, a big initiative underway to, to allow that to be accessible to more and more customers. And uh, thanks to advantages and part of GPU technology, we can do that at a scale that people haven't seen before. So that's, that's I think, going to be a, a very fun thing for, uh, for folks with needs in the big geo data side of things. And yeah. then go ahead. Last, lastly, I'd say we're continuing to innovate on uh, what I'm calling GeoML or the combination of uh, GIS and machine learning technology. And so uh, you'll see a number of initiatives um, already in play. And I, I have some use cases that people can, can, can view showing different aspects of this. But rather than think about things as doing database analytics uh, on a database, we're thinking about doing things on a digital twin, which happens to live in a database. And so I have done a lot of work for utilities, for instance, using LiDAR data, so 3D point cloud data. And 
Uh, we can operate on billions of points of LiDAR data. Um, so having the ability to do things at scale is useful, but if it's just a point cloud, literally without any other context, it's hard to make much of it other than look at it. So, so the ML part comes in then being able to do pattern detection on these complex signals, including 3D points and say, hey, that's a power line, and that's a tree, and they're too close to each other. And so um, that ability to kind of use machine learning as an input pipeline is really important to us, and we're going to continue to develop it. Um, I think that it's of even broader importance in the sense that a lot of folks are are being able to connect sensor data to their databases, to their dashboards, and essentially have a pipeline of information flow from something changing in the real world, that being sensed and monitored and noticed uh, all the way to changing a business decision based on something appearing or disappearing or moving. Uh, so I think we'll see a lot more integration uh, from essentially primary sensors all the way through uh, human decision or, or actions. And so that's, that's I guess I would say, the third you know, general theme of, of where we're going this, this coming year. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. And I appreciate you uh, jumping and, and diving into those uh, processes and technology that you're leveraging at OmniSci. And that's, that's amazing. And it certainly gives us some more insights to what you're all working on. So Mike, last question here, if we could just jump in and you could briefly share something from your career experience that might be helpful for those looking to grow their career, maybe in tech, you know, data scientists, uh, I'm sorry, data science or entrepreneurship. Sure. So I've been involved in, you know, three startups at this point, <laughs> um, which I guess qualifies me barely as a serial entrepreneur. But um, you know, I, I think that those have all been motivated by uh, this, this kind of combination of observing a trend uh, in business or in technology and figuring out, you know, an innovative solution to the, the current challenges. And so um, I've been able to go back and forth between academia and uh, private sector. I've been able to um, have a bunch of really interesting opportunities. And most of those came from, uh, I guess I would say, just keeping my ears open and, uh, and being in contact, you know, with people across across the spectrum. So when I was in academia and teaching, um, I was constantly in contact with my industry friends and vice versa. And so I think it's it's actually if you want to have a career at least similar to mine where you're you're able to bob and weave a little bit between public and private sector, um, which I found very interesting to do. Um, I think it it helps to just always be thinking ahead and and helping people um, on the other side that, uh, will remember you for it. And so when the time comes and you, you're ready to move, um, there's always somebody interested in, in having you. So I, I think it's always important if you're particularly if, if you're in large, large organizations, but even sometimes in a busy startup, just to be aware that you know, there's a bigger world out there and you need to always keep a little bit of a, a read on what's going, um, because you never know the next step of your career and, and who's going to hire you next. And I've had some really fun phone calls in my life. I got a phone call once when I was working in industry that asked me to be an MIT professor. <laughs> and yeah, Don't get those phone calls every day. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, I was prepared for it because I had laid, laid some groundwork and foundation. So I encourage people to, 
to always be doing something outside of their main gig, always have a side hustle, always have, you know, the next thing that you might find most interesting kind of warming up so that uh, if you need to jump or you have an opportunity, um, you know, you're, you're able to follow it, but it, it's a, it's a little bit of just thinking ahead and thinking where you want to be next at any point in your career. I think that's very helpful. And you're, you're right. A lot of folks have talked about their side hustle or, you know, continuing that journey of learning. And it's always uh, been really a way for people to open doors uh, and provided opportunities for them. So Mike, I appreciate the share on that. And Mike, it was a pleasure having you on today. And I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Very good. Appreciate it. Bye for now. Bye.